What's happening, Hardscapers? We are back again for another roundtable rally, the I Am A Hardscaper roundtable rally, as Josh so eloquently put it for us, the rally there. I thank everybody for being back. We've got our biggest roundtable ever to date on this one. We're still waiting on possible two more people to come in. But thank you, everyone, too, that is here. We are going to go through everybody's name really quick just so we uh, breeze through these introductions, and then everybody will have a spot at the end to let our audience know where they can uh, send them to. But we've got Craig Scheller of Scheller Outdoor Living. we got Andy Mulder of Mulder Maintenance and Services or Mulder Outdoors on Instagram. We've got Evan Newcomb. Uh, Evan, did I get that last name right there? You did good. Awesome. <laughs> of uh, Pride Hardscape, Nick Kaliva. Nick, I've never even tried to pronounce your last name. I hope I got that right there. Yeah. Of Earthworks Landscaping. And we got Matt of Hardscape Ottawa. Matt, I don't, I don't even have your last name on the screen there. Chad of uh, Natural Design Landscapes, Josh Sutton of Sutton Outdoor, Tony Zambito of Group Zamco or Zamco Group, Heiner, uh, Matt Heiner of Heiner Outdoor Living, and Jeremy Swihart of J Squared Outdoor. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Let's get into big wins of the season right away, keeping this going as quickly as possible. What's the biggest win that you guys have of the season? Really anything. It could be a, a small win that, that turned into uh, something big for your company or just something you've implemented into the season. Let's get into big wins here, starting with Craig Scheller of Scheller Outdoor Living. Well, thanks, Mike. And uh, it's good to be back here. And uh, it's good to see everybody. I, I, um, this is actually my first full year back in contracting. So I started in August of 2020. And one of the things I really wanted to do uh, when I started was uh, fiberglass pool installation because I figured it would take, um, biggest thing was, is I wanted to challenge myself because I knew what I could do, but I wanted to challenge myself to do something more and something different. And so being able to get on with a manufacturer that would allow me to install, um, not only not, not doing it before, but also just getting back into the business and them trusting what I had done in the past and my experience in the industry. And then, uh, so I guess the win is, uh, we're going to have four pools in by the end of the year. And, uh, not only is that a win, but the projects that come with it and um, just the expansive amount of work that we can do on each project and be in control of and basically general contract uh, each project. So my, my background is carpentry and hardscape and landscape and uh, building and things like that. So I'm able to take all of those things and basically general contract a project. And we do a lot of the work. So it gives us an opportunity to uh, do different things on the project. Uh, if we're waiting on materials or waiting on a pool or so when we're working on now, we've been working on deck, retaining walls, kind of getting ready for the pool installation. So it's it's made my business kind of blow up in the, in the first year. And I'm pretty excited about it. And I'm really proud of my team for uh, how they've stepped in and um, taken ownership and all that. So that'd be mine. And then plus all the, the stories that Scheller makes, it's really been an amazing journey to watch you kind of go throughout the year and to uh, grow to where you have so quickly. Uh, amazing, Scheller. Uh, Andy Mulder of Mulder Outdoors there. Biggest win? Uh, biggest win I thought of last night um, was uh, we were able to get to about 50% of our savings goal for our future building and property we want to buy. And that's been something we've been working on for, I think about three years now. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to balance saving money for a long-term goal while growing the business. And so I've 
you know, it just takes time. And I've, I'm just, we were able to save that this year by, um, we were able to grow our company by literally 50% uh, from last year without adding any people. Um, and we also were able to grow our net profit by 5.5%, which I'm really proud of. And we didn't work any Saturdays this year. Um, and I think that's, and I didn't add any, any new people. And so I'm really proud of doing that this year. Um, I was really scared to not work Saturdays. Uh, it's like a mental thing for me. It's been a mental, like my guys, of course, have loved not working Saturdays. Um, but you know, I see other people working and you know, it's like, a, it's just a mental thing. It's like, I should be out there, but it's been really good for my family. It's been really good for me. And we were able to grow the company and, and, and save money and reach that goal of 50% savings for that property. We have, I have a number in my head I want to save for, and I don't have to have that number. I don't think, but it's just a goal that I've set to save for that before we do that. Um, and we're able to do that by um, still growing the company. We bought two new trucks and a Bobcat E20 and um, pay cash for that stuff. Um, and we started a uh, some website sales stuff, um, contracts and um, forms. And, and so that was another thing I was really excited about was another, you know, small other source of income that, um, did way more than I thought it would. So I'm really, really excited about that. So. And if anybody's ever wondering why there's an equipment shortage, Andy is single-handedly the person to blame for that. Uh, going on to Evan of Pride Hardscape, biggest win. Uh, we probably have two this year. And the main one was getting our first fiberglass pool sale. Um, it took me 15 estimates to get my first pool sale. Um, and that was definitely our biggest achievement was getting that all installed. Unfortunately, the customers not letting us take after pictures because they have a dome on top of it and they don't want to let out the heat because they're heating it at 88 degrees, the pool <laughs> <laughs> and their gas bill is about 400 to $500 a month. Um, but that's not my problem. Um, and then the other one is growing our business. We had the same amount of crew and we also almost, we actually almost doubled our total gross. Um, and I think that is because of our equipment purchases and also our efficiency learning from all you guys right now, um, watching you guys, how you guys are all efficient. My goal this next year is making my business more efficient with the same amount of crew. Um, but we have six pools next year on the books. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So six pools for next year. And they're also all over hundred thousand dollar hardscapes around those pools. So um, we're really excited about that. We're trying to only do about six to eight jobs a year. That's my goal and just do all big jobs. So I'm trying for that clientele. We might have to travel a little bit, but it's worth it. And I'm definitely gonna try to start taking off the weekends like Andy because uh, quality of life is definitely important. And that data day uh, handle is really uh, taken off there. Good Nick over at Earthworks Landscaping. Uh, I think uh, it, was, it was kind of tough for me to really brainstorm last night, but um, I think some of the, the bigger wins that we had this year are on the administration side of things. Um, I really, one of my goals really this year was to sit down and meet with the guys once a week. Um, and I think I, we did pretty good with that. I, it wasn't every week, but, uh, you know, getting the guys all on the same page and everything, um, just making sure, because, I mean, I know, what the vision of the company is, but, but they don't necessarily know what I'm thinking all the time. So just getting everybody dialed in on the same, same page really helped a lot for us. 
Um, and then also, you know, obviously growing the business and all the equipment purchases we made this year were, were awesome. A new excavator, TV dump truck, um, joined Bungie Life, and uh, I think things are, are looking great for next year. So, I mean, having all the, all the equipment up to date and everything is, is really, uh, you know, makes my life a little bit easier, not, you know, not having to hopefully worry about maintenance and things like that. So. Definitely, definitely. And on over to Matt of Hardscape Ottawa, biggest win. Yeah, I think uh, our biggest win this year is probably um, how we've grown the design side of the business, uh, really turned it into a full design build company. Um, we're, we're working with a lot more subcontractors uh, towards building like complete outdoor living spaces rather than uh, just being that landscape company. And I think now uh, we're kind of solidified as that, uh, that outdoor living brand now, and that's uh, only growing some more. So that's, uh, that's a big win for us. Uh, Cause that was always my passion. Whenever I started, this was to be building the really cool projects, not the, not the simple patios. Right. And now uh, the general public has finally embraced that. Uh, and we're right at the forefront of that. So that's a big win for us for sure. Definitely, definitely. On over to Chad of Natural Design Landscapes. Hey, um, got a couple this year. I think uh, one, the shop is going really well. So uh, we'll have a nice place to hopefully work on equipment and heat everything up and do some some cool stuff in there. Uh, getting the steel wrist was absolutely amazing. I mean, I can't say enough good things about that steel wrist as far as pro productivity goes. Um, everybody should have at least one. I think... Uh, We'll never own another shovel without one, I don't think. Um, getting the loader was cool. Um, all the guys were firing on all cylinders all year, so that's pretty great. Um, and I think uh, we're sort of changing direction slowly with the company. Maybe we'll talk a bit about that later. But um, all in all, great year. I uh, can't really complain at all. Happy to be doing it. Nice, nice. And on... Oh. Somebody I was going to say, how about Chad, how about you mitering those giant coping pieces? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was something else. Like I, whenever we quoted that job, I didn't really believe that that's actually what they were going to make us do. But, um, I mean, it just came down to it. It took one day to do, uh, I can't even remember how many linear feet there were, but, um, actually not that bad. I got it all done in the better part of a day. I did them every cut except for maybe three cut three finishing cuts two finishing cuts i left because we had to go i had to drive an hour away to get two more caps that they forgot to load uh for the order i came back and i gave the caps to the guys i left again came back and they screwed up the cut the last cut it was it was terrible i was so pissed off but uh, <laughs> um i made it work so a uh, little lesson in that maybe uh, if it's important, you got to be on the site, I guess. Uh, even the best guys will mess up sometimes, I guess. Right? I'm sure all that dust flying around must have been the prompting thing to cut the, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of the cuts on most of my hardscape jobs, right? Like I just, nobody seems to like doing it and I don't mind doing it and fast and good at it. Um, but yeah whenever you get that brick dust in your long hair, I don't know. My wife's like tie it up or something. And I I've never been one for tying it up. So uh, by the end of the day, after my shower, like she's actually brushing my hair, trying to get the knots out like, <laughs> thing like this. I'm like, okay, that's enough. We're going to, we're going to take a break from this. 
And moving on here to uh, Josh Sutton of Sutton Outdoors. Biggest win of the season. I'd say uh, this year we really shifted focus. We were heavy on builder work. They were 80% of our work. And this year I wanted to focus on profit and margin. So we realized they were 80% of our problems. And 20% of our clients that were actually profitable, we weren't really serving. So I kind of shifted focus. I broke up our ties with the builder. And at first I was really nervous about doing that. And then all of a sudden, all this great profitable hardscape work started coming about. And we slowly shifted our reputation from being that, you know, low grade builder. We did high end work for the builder, but it was really low margin. So we were getting a reputation for that. And uh, everybody was calling us to get a deal. And I just got tired of uh, serving those lowballing clients and so we've really been working to shift our reputation towards the high-end hardscape and it's allowed us to be a lot more profitable and we fully implemented profit first this year and allowed me to pay cash for 1550 and buy some new equipment to make us a little more efficient and we're finishing our office out here so i won't have to be in my garage anymore so my wife's kind of kicking me out of the house so that's been <laughs> awesome to see that come about and uh it's about ready for insulation so be moved in there this winter and geared up for a good year next year. So it's kind of tweaking things and trying to hone them in and kind of rebuild our reputation as a high quality hardscaper in the area and not just your typical, you know, run of the mill landscaper. So. I love that. Excellent. And Tony Zambito of group Zamco. Uh, well, I guess biggest win. Um, well, we pretty much doubled our team this year, uh, given the day and how, uh, how they felt like coming in or not. Uh, we ran a crew between nine and 13 guys, uh, which was <laughs> quite challenging uh, at the beginning, especially because uh, I'm used to running a crew about six guys. And then uh, when you add, you know, pretty much double, I started to find a lot of, uh, I didn't know how to have everybody working at the same time so that was a big challenge that uh, we overcame and uh, really proud of my my team leaders also for adapting to that as well um, but yeah by the end of the season uh, at, no matter what the job was we had all the guys working at all times nobody was slacking nobody was looking for something to do everybody kind of fell into their place and knew what they had to do so i think that's probably our biggest win which will propel us going forward so pretty excited about that Definitely. And uh, moving on here to Matt Heiner of Heiner Outdoor Living and The Yardist. What's up, guys? Uh, biggest win for me was um, I, I've been working on my business for about 13 years, and I had my team, uh, without my involvement, sell our biggest pond in company uh, history out of town. And I didn't even have to step on the job site but two, three times just to kind of show my face and shake the customer's hand and they did it all autonomously and profitably and like best quality I've seen them pump out. And I'm just as, as proud as can be uh, of these guys and, and what they accomplished uh, and just seeing them step into owning their own lives and that kind of stuff. So that was, that was by far our biggest win of the year. And then plus the Heiner Outdoor Living YouTube channel, which is my favorite uh, outdoor living space YouTube channel these days. Uh, those those videos are high quality, man. Uh, congrats cool. on that too. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, that's a big that that was a big push, big win too. But uh, yeah, as uh, uh, I've heard, it's not worth it till it is. So hopefully that uh, starts <laughs> bearing fruit one of these days because that's a lot of work. So. 
Definitely, definitely. And on to Jeremy of J Squared Outdoor, biggest win of the season. Um, we uh, we decreased our payroll expense by about six and a half percent, and we grew our top line by thirty percent. So, I think uh, that's our big win this year is being able to become a lot more efficient using equipment and technology and kind of reaping <laughs> all the benefits of that. Definitely. Definitely. That's, that's huge. Uh, so with, with all this being said, with all these big wins that we've talked about so far, everybody's had a chance to speak. Now this is a free for all time. Biggest takeaways, whether that was something that led up to your biggest win, uh, whether that's something that you've just learned now at the end of the season that you're going to implement next season, any big takeaways of the season from beginning to end that you'd want to talk about here. And then this is a free for all. So if somebody speaks up and then somebody has a question on top of that, feel free to ask. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk over top of each other from time to time, but we'll work that out as we go along here. But anybody want to start off here with their biggest takeaway of the season and leading into next season. I'll go. I guess I'll go. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, Evan. Yeah, honestly, our biggest takeaway has been um, our social media has gotten, I mean, it's just been unreal. My wife, Kaylee, has been doing an amazing job. Um, as all you guys know, those reels, once they start taking off, you get the followers. But it's really the engagement we're going for and our engagement for our social media has gone up so much We're, you know, we're having people contact us for work. We're having people contact us for jobs. We're having other foremen say, Hey, we want to come work for you. So a lot of people have problems with hiring right now. And we actually had two foremans come to us with over 20 years of experience together. And we're, we're hiring them January 3rd. Um, we're actually hiring in the winter time. So my biggest thing was also I'm done trying to train employees like for like three to five years to a foreman. Um, I'm now just paying for higher quality people and bringing them into my business. And then I can just charge more for that work. You know, our, our hourly rates up to $120 an hour now for just us to show up and everybody's paying that and everybody loves our work. So my biggest thing has definitely been social media and also hiring experienced to help me. I'm, I'm finding out what I'm not good at at my business and I'm hiring those people that are good at doing those things that I'm not good at, which there's a lot. It's hard to run a business. I mean, it's, I went from mowing lawns three years ago to installing, you know, hundred thousand dollar hardscapes. So it's, it's hard for me to um, run everything, but I know what I'm good at. And now it's just uh, hiring the right people like Heiner outdoor. You hearing you say that, like that makes me actually thrive for that. Like to have someone sell a job, install a job, and I only have to go there two or three times. That'd be amazing. Um, but obviously that's 13 years of training. I've, this is my third year, so I got lots to go and hopefully the YouTube channel will be out uh, by January. We're hoping we got about 300 hours and we're trying to get about 500 hours of actual runtime. So YouTube channel soon. Nice. Evan, going um, off that, uh, how long did it take you from the time you got serious on growing your social media to the time where you started to get people contacting you about working for you, clients coming to you through Instagram? What was that timeline kind of like, just so people know, like the investment, time investment into this? Uh, honestly, after your, uh, for Josh Sutton, thank you very much. Uh, after your podcast, we got a lot of, I don't know, interaction after that. And, um, 
we just kind of started going at it. It's definitely, I was like, is this worth the time? I mean, we spend 30 hours a week on social media, 30 to 40, actually building like reels and doing all it's a full-time job. I have to pay my wife, Kaylee, you know, I pay her full-time now. Um, I think it's worth it, but really once your podcast, once I got on your podcast and I started seeing the turnaround and the interactions, it took about six months for me to real realize this last six months, like this is where we need to go. Um, for some reason, you guys all like watching me. I all like watching you guys. Um, I don't understand all of the logistics of Instagram yet, but I definitely am figuring out. And we've gotten a couple sponsorships, which is awesome. Recently, we teamed up with IQ Power Saws. I'm really excited about that. And I want to see where their tools are going because I really want to demo that new big saw. <laughs> um, but, you know, teaming up with these companies, I think it's going to be huge for all of us, guys. If we team up and we go ask for, you know, being partners with these companies, they're willing to work with us. I mean, I know a couple of guys that get a big, a much, a lot of pavers paid for, for the year, um, for a lot of their projects. So go to these companies, the Instagram and social media is a huge platform for us to sell their product because we love their product. So, you know, partnership, get some partners guys. It's, uh, it's worked out pretty well for me. Anybody else want to take over biggest takeaway on the season? Something that uh, was a real eye opener for you. You can't just pick up the phone and call for the materials. <laughs> I think uh, that was the biggest takeaway uh, this yeah. season is uh, pr prepare yourself um, way in advance and have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E. Because uh, I think I speak for everybody here that uh, it wasn't as simple as just this material, that job, show up, work, and then and on to the next. Um, this year was definitely a challenge. Uh, to get all the products that you need per project. So uh, I think that's a lot, a lot of people learned this year. Um, I had a plan better. Like I did myself as uh, sorry, guys, it's early in the morning. I can't, I just sent my kids <laughs> off to school. I'm tired. Um, uh, I, I, I had to adapt uh, this past year and the year, the previous year also, but mostly this year, which somehow was worse than the previous year uh, for material, uh, availabilities but uh i i learned how to manage my company a lot better than uh, i did in the past um so i think that was uh, that's something that we're still adapting to but hopefully it gets better uh in the coming years with some new plants opening and all that and the, the manufacturers getting um kind of learning from their inefficiencies also and uh, i hope that we see a, a more productive uh, supply chain coming forward uh, going off that, did anyone, and we don't need to name companies or anything, but did anyone experience any uh, uh, abnormally large number of product issues this season? Or was that not a thing uh, for you? I, I think what we're seeing here, I'm, I'm, I haven't really had any problem getting product as long as I seem to plan ahead. But we're having, like, I think they're just running them too quick now. It's like the quality yeah. uh, declining and and uh, we, we had a good spell of good quality materials coming where everything, we didn't have a lot of complaints and all that. And now it's just like, it's, it's like they're running stuff so fast, you know, we're just trying to get good quality now. So I had, I had uh, two replacement pallets last week or this week or whatever on just material that was not, uh, I didn't accept, I wouldn't accept it for my customer. So. Yeah, we've had that too. I, I, I think Craig, that's exactly what it is. I mean, 
I we've done more grinding this year than ever before. So yeah, I, I, I never had problems getting material. We were always, we always had jobs far enough out and orders in that I didn't. And I knew what was already like scarce, you know, like that we do almost all Unilock and they were really good about communicating what is going to be available. What's not what they're taking off of manufacturing. Cause they, they kept taking different things off to keep up with the hot, bigger sellers. And so I was just very methodical about what I was offering to customers so that I knew I could get it when I needed it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, we didn't have a ton of problem with material getting it when I needed it, but, and I know plenty of people did, but um, I will say one of the biggest takeaways I have is never underestimate what you can do with uh, not a lot of people. <laughs> um, my foreman ended up leaving midway through the season um, to go back to his family. He was supposed to be gone for two weeks for an immigration thing for his wife and didn't come back for three months. And, uh, and it was, I was very, very stressed and didn't know how I was ever going to get the work done. And I hadn't been in the, I haven't, hadn't been in the field that much in a long, in maybe two or three years, I had to remind myself that I could still do it. And, um, it was good for my, for my, uh, for my weight. Um, but I, how are your, uh, knee, how are your knees after all that? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I had, we had to do a big driveway with two people, but I mean, in the end of the day, I look back now and like, I don't know, it was, we did so much work this year with so little people. It was and, and, and we didn't, like I said before, we didn't work the Saturdays and I just think you never should underestimate what you can do with not a lot of people in the right equipment, because that's really what shined this year for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it was a crazy year and I'm thankful to be done. I thought for sure you miniature, uh, vacuum for those four by eight pavers. Yeah, that would be a good, the, uh... <laughs> That that would be a good that somebody should make something like that. Probably be very. I'd probably buy one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've had a couple of guys here talk about administration, office, uh, profit first, and especially uh, margins increasing. Jeremy, you kind of dropped the mic there when you said you uh, decreased your labor costs and uh, increased your margins there. Jeremy, was that something that you like uh, went into the season uh, kind of aiming for? And, and if so, what kind of things did you put in place to try to get to that? Was it trying to get the guys with the right equipment? Uh, can, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, the, my philosophy is stay to, to have a big business without being a big business. So we're, we're trying to stay super lean on the uh, the people side. And in order to do that, we, we cleaned house last year of uh, mediocre performers and we were able to recruit some really high performers this year. So everyone that works for me has just been top notch all year long. And it's what you have to do in order to stay lean. Um, and then, you know, obviously the equipment, big on equipment, tilt rotators, excavators, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's been the strategy. And then also, you know, designing for profit, design the jobs that you're good at and kind of, kind of pick and choose the materials that you want to use that you know that you can produce good margins on. So that's been the, that's been the goal is just to stay, stay small, but, you know, have, have the big top end number, but stay small with people. So definitely, definitely started with the end in mind on that. And we've been successful with it. 
Nice. How do you like that big new buggy? Uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> I think we're running about three and a half ton per per load with it. So we're able, like the job we're on right now, the, the township has been giving us grief about keeping gravel on the street. So as soon as we're getting a load dumped, we're hauling it in and the guys can haul a full load of gravel into the yard in like probably 20 minutes. So you just have the, have the skid steer loading it and that thing running in. They're, they're able to base in patios pretty quick with it. Yeah. It's it, not it's very pretty, efficient. It, it, it's pretty cool. It's nice to have like, uh, you know, it's like having a bedding box on site so you can dip out of it and yeah. like bring your nines right up to the set, side of whatever you're working on backfill mm -hmm. with whatever materials in there and place it real nice with the excavator. It's um, like having your dump truck pretty much how we scoop out of our dump trucks and dump trays yeah. all the time. You have that right there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, you'll, you'll have it no matter what the job, no matter what the access, if we can get a skid steer and we can get that thing in. Cause it's only like five and a half feet wide. Oh, uh, it, also, yeah. it only weighs about like, I think about 6,000 pounds. So by the time you load it up, um, you know, you're, you're really only running the full weight of like a skid steer over someone's driveway with a full load. So it's, it's a lot easier on the turf and on the driveways and stuff too, to be running that. Cool. Uh, yeah, I've been pleased with it. Uh, Nick, you mentioned on the admin side of things. Was this something coming into the season? You had set that goal to improve uh, the admin side of things. And what what did you kind of implement on that side of things? Well, it's it's always my goal to get in front of the guys as much as I can to um, you know just make sure that they know where we're headed, but also to get some feedback from them to make sure that I'm, um, you know, on top of taking care of them and making sure that we have um, the tools in place and, and you know, the equipment and, and whatnot um, all up to speed and um, maintained and whatnot. And the other side of things too, I think that, that I really tried to work on this year um, compared to last season was scheduling and just, um, you know, talking to my clients and, you know, ahead of time, basically scheduling things later than I thought that I might even get there and basically surprising them, you know, if, if it, if it came. So, um, you know, instead of the opposite of, you know, pissing them off because I'm not there, uh, you know, after a month that I told them I was going to be there, whatever. So, um, that, that, yeah really um, helped with me. Basically, I told everyone this year that I was, I can't even get there till the middle of summer. You know what I mean? With, with backlog from last year. And I think, you know, it's looking like this year, next year, 22 is going to be kind of the same way. And, and so that's something that I've learned um, that, that helped um, this year as, as far as takeaway goes. Definitely. Uh Josh, you mentioned profit first. Can you talk a little bit about implementing that into your business? How was that kind of a, a, a big game changer for your business in terms of, uh, you also mentioned changing where your, not necessarily leads are coming from, but changing where your business is kind of, uh, you know, pivoting a little bit in order to bring in the clients that you want. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit more, Josh? Yeah, uh, we implemented Profit First fall of last year. I was kind of dragging my feet on. I got bogged down after reading the book, didn't know where to start. So I decided to hire the green executive. I mean, it was 
like 385 a month to hire them, which seemed like a lot to make, you know, a four or $5,000 investment. But I realized I can make a lot more in profit and that it would really change my business track. So I decided to just go all in, hired them. They got me on board right away. We got our bank accounts set up, uh, which has been amazing. They sent me a spreadsheet. So they set up all my allocations based on our expenses and the profitability target we wanted to hit. And you slowly tweak that and squeeze a little more profit out of your business each quarter. And then uh, that allowed us to build up our profitability. So we have a profit account which kept growing on each job and my expenses were able to kind of squeeze down because it allowed me to see where we were leaking money and tighten things up like on subscriptions and drive time, all these little things you could tweak to gain more profitability. And it gave me an easy way to look at my bank account and say, wow, uh, our expenses are too high. If you, you know, I need to adjust those, sell some equipment that's draining my accounts. And uh, it's been just awesome to like, now we've got a lot of money in the account, but like my, op, my, my income accounts lower cause we're on a big job. So, you know, even though we have money in there, I'm feeling squeezed like, Oh man, we need to, our cash flow is low. I can just see that from looking at the bank account now, even though it, we're healthy still, but it gives you that like mental quick look at your phone. My bank account was low in my income account. Like obviously you can just, it's a quick visual easy way to manage everything. And now that it's up and running, I manage it myself. I don't have to pay the green executive anymore, but it was that boost I needed to just get over the hump. And if, you know, it was an expense, but I've made that back 10, 20 fold already. Just, just this year, it's been incredible. My wife's blown away. Like we were able to purchase a camper for our family profit distributions and go on family vacations and, it was all, and that's what enabled me to see that the builder work wasn't profitable because my profit account wasn't growing like I wanted it to. And we're doing all this work and not getting anywhere. So like, today I posted on Instagram, stop lowballing your business to satisfy cheap people. And that's exactly what we were doing. We were lowballing ourselves to keep this builder happy and we were getting nowhere. And now we're doing work for the 20% that we should have been and making five times the money way less stress, a lot more margin. I can enjoy dadder days with my kids and my wife and focus more on that. So it's just been all because of profit first. Like, I don't know. I try to beg people to sign up and get on it because it's just been incredible, easy way to manage business. And it's not as difficult as it seems from the book. There's a lot of equations and things that go into it, but just getting that basic system set up is just, completely changed everything. We have money to build our office and we never had that before because I wasn't tracking anything. I've switched over uh, softwares and uh, we're going to be able to do job costing now in the software and track our numbers better. So we'll be able to know right where we're at on the end of a project instead of continuing to make the same estimating errors we've made the entire year. I probably threw away over a hundred grand because I'm just not tracking my numbers the way I should. And I just feel responsible to do that. And I'm not going to continue in business without knowing those numbers. So just really focused in on that kind of like Jeremy, I want to have a big business, but still remain small. It's just, I feel comfortable doing that. It's kind of, I'm not, you know, trying to make my payroll every month a struggle. And uh, it's just nice to have that extra margin just because we're focused, like it's truly knowing your numbers and not just, you know, saying, Oh, know your numbers, like 
really know your numbers and what everything's costing you. And that's that whole system has forced me to do that. So it's kind of a couple of really good resources that you mentioned in there. Uh, Profit First for Contractors by Sean Van Dyke. I know Andy's talked about it. Matt's talked about it. Uh, Hard Tape Auto in their episodes. Uh, Mike Michalowicz, Pumpkin Plan, really talks about kind of choosing the right uh, avenue for your business, the one that brings in the money, as well as the 80-20 principle by Richard Koch. I hope I pronounced that right. But those are all great resources around that mm-hmm. whole defining your business. Matt of uh, Heiner Outdoor Living, you talked about your biggest win in terms of this 13-year process of working on your business to get it to a point where you're not needing to be uh, not just not in the field, but also not needing to be on site multiple times and, and kind of holding these guys' hands. Uh, 13 years, is that what what has kind of been the biggest takeaway? If you could go back and do it all over again, is there a shortcut to that? Because I hear time and time again, work on your business, not in your business, but uh, it's easier said than done. Is there a shortcut to that? Is that... Uh, can you kind of talk a little bit more and expand on that for us? Sure. Um, I don't think there are any shortcuts, honestly. I think you got to just go through it. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And, you know, the, the hardest part in any business is the people. And so, um, you know, it's understanding that you got to put the right people on the bus in the right seats and, you know, knowing when to, when to stop and let people off and when to bring people on and, And that for me was probably the hardest part on knowing when to do that. And even then I still struggle with even some of my top people, we butt heads like brothers and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, what Josh was just saying, understanding your numbers to a full degree and, and then not only you understanding them, but then teaching your guys how to understand them and then giving them a roadmap on how they can, uh, how they can win by the numbers. And so we're even reinventing our, bonus structure again for next year to just reward them based on the gross profit that they put into the ground and then just having a tiered structure so they can they can get more of a, a percentage share of every job the more they put in the ground uh, of course you know without callbacks and that kind of stuff because that's just going to take away from uh from the from those earnings but um uh and keeping the quality high you know it's it tied into just making sure we had our core values dialed and hiring people that are passionate about what we do as well. So I feel like those are the little things that kind of plug the holes and you're not just getting people that come into your business and, and punch a clock and, and earn a paycheck. You know, they're, they're there because they want that Kodak moment at the end of the day to take pictures and be proud of what they put, put in the ground. Um, and that just really helps, you know, just building that uh, community. Of that and, um, you know, and yeah, uh, if you're going, if, if people, if your employees are going coming to work for a paycheck, they're not your employee. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you have to find employees that are wanting to succeed and they're wanting to move up in the business, but also you have to have a training in process. And from the GIE convention, I took that where one of the classes was you have to train. So the person above you, you have to train the person below you to take your job. You yeah. got to, you know, it's a whole process. So I was saying you got to have employees that want to come and love their job, not just for a paycheck. Uh, Snoop Dogg even said that, I think. <laughs> I think he said something like, I know it's whatever, you know, but he said, if you're coming to work for a paycheck, you're in the wrong industry, Yeah, you know, so. Well, I've also learned too, like, you got to breed an abundance mindset within your business. You know, you got, these people got to know that 
they have to train their replacements so they can make room for their next promotion. And, you know, as, as the leader of your company, you have to paint a big enough vision and dream so all of their dreams can fit inside of that. Because, you know, I've found if, if I stop growing, you know, then I stop creating opportunities for these eight players that want to continue to grow too. So, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a big, big, big business because I like the, the relationships that I'm building, but I'm just taking it year by year and, and just making sure I'm taking care of my people and that, you know, we're all having the equal chance of, of growing and creating the lives that we want to have for ourselves. So. Yeah, I mean, every video I watch you guys do on your YouTube and stuff, I mean, like all your guys, like it's just like our job sites. Everybody's having fun. They're smiling. There is, you know, obviously there's stress and everything too, but it just seems like you've made a really good uh, environment for your employees and also yourself. So it's really cool to look after, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Matt from Hardscape Auto, you've taken this into another direction and kind of expanded your subcontractor network you, you mentioned to take care of these outdoor living spaces. Uh, what was the decision to kind of go that subcontractor route? Uh, can you expand on that? Well, I suck shit at carpentry. It would probably be the start of it. I don't have a gas license, so it's <laughs> a bit But it's, uh, you know, basically the, the spaces that we're designing and creating, there's so many skill sets required to, to accomplish these projects that it's uh, not feasible at this point, at least to have all that in-house, I, I guess I would say. We're, we're still doing all of our, our brick installations in-house, obviously, but uh, yeah, the subcontractor stuff is, is more so as, as a business to be able to create spaces that we would not be able to create on our own, basically. So having that support there makes that all possible. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, and anybody else kind of want to wrap up their season with a final takeaway things that they are, or, or, you know, maybe not necessarily a takeaway, but, uh, something that you want to put in place for next season, 2022, because that is coming up faster than mm -hmm. ever. The season is going to be underway before we know it once again, uh, anything that you are looking forward to for 2022 Heiner. I got a question for y'all too. Basically, like I'm going to a paver plant this afternoon and I'm going to look into doing a custom uh, color run uh, and then possibly antiquing a paver that doesn't typically come antique to just kind of have like a Heiner exclusive paver, Ooh, yeah. something that we could have as just like a competitive edge, um, you know, and, and choosing a paver that's not as detailed to, so I could possibly have a better of a price point so I could have better margins, but then still something that's a little fashion forward, I guess, or, or trending and looking good. Has anybody done that? I know people, you know, for, uh, I know you can get custom runs for, you know, big commercial jobs all the time. So I'm just trying to see like, you know, what they're going to offer me different price points, whether it's three, four, 5,000 square feet. And then I just buy it all on once, put it on this year's, you know, uh, tax break and, and just expenses. And then I have it in stock for next year. And then we just do a hard push. And then I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know, supply chain issues, issues and all that kind of stuff yeah. that come along sure. with a random batch of wits. You know, I know if I get a good batch out of my custom line, I'm, I'm set for the season. Just so my, my question would be, does that, does that put you into one like color or style for everybody? And do you, can you do sizes or different things like that? Towards that, you know, so half the yeah. jobs at least. Like if I got, you know, 4,000 square feet, that's that's eight, 10 jobs and, and it's gone. But, um, 
I yeah, but that's that's your so you're making you're making that for your custom like you're making that paver to match what you're doing correct yes. and like your designs. So yeah. in my, I mean, as long as you're not doing it in every one, but our little local company, Western Airlock Pavers, you know, they're just our local company. They'll make any custom run for me up to two to three thousand square feet. You know, they'll if I say I want this color and this, they'll do it for us. But it's just you would definitely have to have that. I feel like you'd have to have it already half of it sold in my you know what i mean i don't know that's just me thinking about it i uh, i did something similar like that uh, this year and i think tony from zampo did something as well where um, i invested in a whole bunch of uh, industria uh, 900s and uh, 450 300s from deco um and uh, have uh, still have some inventory sitting there a few tens of thousands of dollars unfortunately but uh, i'm sure that those will go next year for sure and uh, yeah we've basically mitigated most of our uh, our supply chain issues by always having some brick on hand from having those uh, big friends that i ordered so it's uh, yeah definitely a good idea if you're looking to avoid uh, any of the uh, headaches of supply chain issues but it doesn't necessarily have to be a custom paver i guess and especially for us too like those industrial 900s they're rated for residential vehicular um and they're three feet wide so we're installing these like massive slab driveways and they're a pretty big seller for us too right now so it's uh, yeah you could maybe look at not necessarily doing a custom run just uh, getting yourself some pavers in stock sort of thing yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, basically, that's what uh, we were talking, me and you, at the beginning of the season about the industrial situation. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the industrial product line. So uh, I placed a lot of orders for upcoming projects from the beginning of the year. Uh, one philosophy I had all year, though, is I refused to stock anything. Like, I, I told my suppliers, you have my business. Um, no matter what, I'm still a fairly large account. You have my business. I'm not stocking anything. I'm not keeping things in my yard. I'm not transporting anything myself. You want my business? You're going to bring this in. It's all sold. It's all projects that are sold, but you're going to stock it for me, whether it's in this yard, the other yard, whatever it is. And understand that I might not touch this till September, October. But I had that conversation at the beginning of the year and it helped out a lot because oh, yeah. um, I know a lot of guys that, that bought and then they got stuck with the material. Now, granted, something like an industry, you're, you're always going to sell it. You're never stuck with it. You know what I mean? Like, Matt, you're going to sell it. You put down industrial all day, every day, right? So you'll sell that. Um, but as far as the custom paver thing, it's super cool. Like, it does give you definitely that that kind of niche of saying, you like you like this product? All right, well, then you can only get it here. Um, but the, the fear is exactly uh, as that is, what if it's not... Or what if not enough clients want that specific color or that specific uh, product and then you're stuck with it and will it make all of your projects look the same? That's another risk. But granted, you know your clientele, right? You know your market. So I can't speak on your market, but I, I would uh, I'd be cautious to buy, let's say, the smallest square footage possible if I could give any advice just to make sure that you could switch it up and have another custom product before having to pass so much square footage you know what I mean, kind of be like, we always have these exclusive products. Yeah, keep keep like a, a continuity of exclusive products and just say you can only get these here. Maybe you have three color options or, or finishes or whatever the case is. And if anything, I think that uh, at least in, in the market here, it would be a textured product for a driveway other than blue slate. Let's say, I mean, I grant that I, I'm, I'm talking about Techco because I don't really use other products, but uh, I find a lot of companies just went smooth on everything. 
So definitely having a textured, uh, an additional option for a textured product would be really, really cool. Um, So maybe something like that, you know, but again, you know what you want to install and you know what your clients are asking for. So I think you know your stuff. So I don't, I don't think you're going to make the wrong decision. So Nick, you had something you wanted to say? Oh, I was just going to say, can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to say, do you you see it going gray tones or brown tones? Especially if you just have one color to choose from, that can be. uh... Yeah. I was going to choose something kind of halfway in between, you know, more like a creamy tan. Like a blend, something right. that could complement anything, and then, and then I could pull the soldier course in with a like a black border or like a, a brown border to to really change the look. So I was thinking like a a three by twelve kind of Holland stone, just so that way you can mix it up with a herringbone, double herringbone, basket weave, you know, all kinds of different uh, patterns to to make each one look a little bit unique, but while still having just one paper. You might Just, be ahead of the curve. You yeah. might be ahead of the curve, Matt. Maybe we're maybe we'll be following your footsteps. We'll see how you go. I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah. I mean, it could be a good success or it could be a huge flop. I guess uh, what, next year's roundtable, December. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about our biggest. Anybody want any papers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive to Colorado. I'll come to. Oh, uh, I was thinking about one thing that I I literally kind of forgot about was this this spring I like early spring, I pre-bought so much like consumables um, and fabrics and geo grids and lights. And some I've never done anything like that. I think I spent like $50,000 before the end of the year, before this spring on last year's pricing. And I had never shelled out that much money, but I never had enough money to do that before. Um, and so where I was able to do that. And then because of Jeremy, I kind of, created a home depot at my shop. Yeah. Thanks, um, Jeremy. <laughs> and that like I I don't I don't think I put enough value on that now looking back. I still have product left over, which is fine. It's all stuff we're going to use, but I bought it at a great price because of the quantity. And I don't think I went I think I went to my like my plumbing fitting supply place two times all year because we had everything in stock. And I don't think I put enough value on the efficiency of that. Um, and I honestly forgot about it. I, I just thinking about it now, like, um, and, and just having everything, I just had never done anything like that. Some people have been doing this forever, but I think that those are the things that when you are able to build a business, save money, retain money in your company to allow you to do things like that, um, uh, it, it really can, can, uh, reap dividends, I think, um, and I, I haven't quantified that. I mean, I know what my PL looks like and it looks really good. So I don't know if, if that, uh, I know that played into it, but um, I just it's, think that something you should be considering doing if you can do it, you know? It's so nice when you're like, hey, the guys need to load their trailer. And my guys, every Friday, they take an inventory of their trailer and they take a list and they go to the shop and they fill it back up. No right. one's going to Home Depot and you got right. your duct tape, your Teflon tape, your lights. And also right. when that customer has that change order and says, we want to add another 15 lights. Right. We got it. Right. There's no waiting. There's no supply demand that we've all had those problems with. I mean, we right. carry a hundred uh, fixtures of every fixture we use from Structure Tree and Lighting, who's our local company. Right. And I right. can get overnighted lights if I wanted to. 
but that's more stress for me. So yeah, Jeremy and Andy, I copied both of you guys. I mean, once you guys did that, I went to Home Depot and I bought out both my Home Depots of everything I, that I used. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think that was a big win that I wasn't even thinking about till now. Nice. Uh, Heiner, just coming back to you, uh, based on my experience as a, on the supply end of things, working for a supplier, we would always get like people coming in that couldn't get the previous contractor to come out to maybe fix like a stone or two, uh, and those like small batch runs can be difficult if like you're out of the stone personally, like, are you going to stock it yourself? Are you going to go out to the client to replace that one stone? Uh, are you all out and then need to go back to the manufacturer and then do another like massive, you know, run of it, which is going to cost you. And then that's not a stone that you want to install anymore. Like just that longer term kind of thought process around that, that uh, we, like the amount of people we used to get in trying to match a stone uh, or the or the batch has changed slightly and the, the color is diff much different than even though it's the same name. Yeah. Like all, all that kind of plays into it, I think, just with my supplier. Brain. I run into that with all the stocking papers here anyways. It's yeah, like exactly. Turnover of colors and discontinued this or that anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's just a risk you take. But, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, you have to like keep a uh, hundred square feet or so in stock for uh, maybe not a hundred, but not bad in stock just in case for whatever reason uh, you have to repair something or something. So depending on how many of those runs of different colors you do, that it's a hundred square feet, a hundred square feet, right. hundred square feet, and uh, that could take up some space too. But I think it's a cool idea though. Definitely, yeah. All right, guys, we are wrapping things up here. Thank you so much for your time, everybody. We're gonna go uh, one by one. Let our audience know who you are, where they can find you online. My uh, configuration got a little bit messed up here, so we're starting with a different order. Uh, we got Andy Mulder. Andy, where can our audience go to find out more about you and everything that you got going on? Um, on Instagram, at Mulder Outdoors. Um, that's our business card, and you can find us there. Awesome. Nick, at Earthworks Landscaping. At Earthworks Landscaping RF and EarthworksLandscaping.com. And on to Matt, Hardscape Ottawa. Yeah, Hardscape Ottawa at Instagram, uh, www.hardscapeottawa.com. Uh, every Friday night, you can catch me wheeling and dealing with the Handmade Hockey Beauty League, too. <laughs> awesome. And Chad, Natural Design? Uh, natural Design Landscapes on all the social media platforms, I guess. And Josh Sutton? At Sutton Outdoor LLC on Instagram and Facebook, and then suttonoutdoor.com on on the internet. On to Tony Zambito. It's a Zamco group on uh, our social media platforms and uh, www.groupzamco.com um, on our website because we do live in Quebec and we have to have that uh, French first. <laughs> gotcha. And on to Heiner. Uh, Heiner Outdoor Living and YouTube and Instagram or connect with me personally at uh, The Yardist on Instagram. And on to Evan. Uh, you can reach us at all the social media platforms, pride underscore hardscape and at pridehardscape.com. Over to Craig Scheller. Uh, at Scheller Outdoor Living on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And I got my report. I, I did have 165,000 views or something on YouTube. So I guess I'll keep going. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I had, pretty, I had a pretty good video this past year. So that was fun. Nice. 
Nice. Congratulations. And on to Jeremy, J squared. J squared outdoor on Instagram. That's my handle. Thanks for doing this, Mike. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, Mike, thanks, Mike. Awesome. Mike. I, I appreciate your guys' time. And if you haven't, if you're listening to this, you haven't followed these guys, go check them out. Uh, through their stories, through their posts, uh, tons of inspiration. I speak from myself, and I'm sure there's uh, thousands more people behind me that uh, look to you guys for uh, everyday inspiration, as well as the inspiration that you guys are putting out on your posts every day, whether that's on Instagram, YouTube, and wherever they can find you. So thank you guys for your time, especially uh, in doing this roundtable rally.